Welcome ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dog trainers of all ages, levels, and sizes. Welcome to the Acknowledged Dogs Podcast. I am your host, Michael Aceta, owner of Matador Canine Brilliance and author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes. Thank you for being here, and as always, I'm appreciative of you growing your knowledge, mastering new skills, and deepening your understanding of your relationship with your dog. Today we're going to be talking about false reinforcements and superstitious behaviors. More specifically, how it relates to you. In the past, we've talked about our dog's superstitious behaviors, things that they do that they think get reinforced but actually don't. It's a different reason they get reinforced. But today we're going to talk about what you might be doing that you think is getting reinforced that actually isn't. More specifically, we're going to be talking about something from social media, a creator that sparked my interest, my curiosity. And after further research, realized that although... She 100% believes, this creator 100% believes in what she is doing. She's actually getting reinforced for doing the wrong thing. We're going to dive right into that now. I was perusing through social media, as anybody does. Maybe it was late at night, maybe it was in the morning, I'm not really sure. But I came across a video maybe a couple months ago. I disregarded it because it sounded like some absolute nonsense. It was another creator in the dog training industry coming up with some profound method of working with your dog that had no real evidence in science. So I disregarded it. I said, this isn't going to catch on. Nobody could possibly believe this. I'm just going to go about my thing. And in doing so, I I continued scrolling through the social media. And it came back maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. It picked up steam again. And as I looked at this creator, they had thousands and thousands of followers believing that what she was saying was absolutely correct. Now, I want you to understand that I'm not bashing this creator in any way. I am semi-confident that she knows what she's doing. But there's also a level of her maybe not knowing what she's doing. She doesn't realize that she's being reinforced for thinking this way, even if it has no concrete evidence in reality. What do I mean by that? We as human beings will create alternative scenarios, alternative realities, to fit what we think is right. If you've ever had a past experience, and you ask a friend, hey, do you remember this past experience? Do you remember this, whatever we did? You're going to have a different reality than they do. And for you, maybe you didn't go on that roller coaster because the line was too long. But for them, you chickened out on going on the roller coaster. The line had no length to it, and it was right there. You could just hop on, and you said, Nah, well, there's way too long of a line. I don't want to go on. But your reality is that you didn't want to go on the roller coaster. In in, in truth, you were scared of going on the roller coaster. Clearly, I'm speaking of personal experience. I'm not scared of going on roller coasters. I get sick when I go on roller coasters, and I don't like ruining my day by going on a roller coaster. So for me, my reality is I don't want to go on the roller coaster because I get sick. To somebody else, they might see it as I'm chickening out. I don't like roller coasters. I'm scared of roller coasters. I'm not scared of them. I just don't like getting sick. You could say I'm scared of getting sick. Sure, if we want to stretch the, the words here. But right, we both have different realities. We both have different understandings of the same event. That is also held true for why something might happen. Right? If we are in a car and there's a lot of traffic, 
You could say it's because it was the vernal equinox yesterday. And I could say it's because it's Sunday night and everybody's headed home. Or they're headed back from vacation, wherever they were. Depends. But we have different realities as to why we think there is traffic. Why we think something happened. Now, if randomly, and we talked about the variable reward schedule being a random set of rewards, a random interval, if randomly I'm positively reinforced for this, right, we're having a discussion, and I say, oh, it's, you know, it's because it's the vernal equinox that there's a lot of traffic. And you go, really? That's crazy. I didn't understand that. I didn't know that. Now, I got positively reinforced for sharing a certain level of knowledge with you that you've agreed with. I'm like, oh, wow, awesome. I can share this piece of knowledge the next time. So the next time there's a lot of traffic, it might be a celestial event. And it might be because of the cosmos. And if you agree with me a second time, now we're strengthening my belief. And that traffic only happens because of the, the, the alignment of the stars, if you will. So what happens when you stop agreeing with me? Because you're like, that's ridiculous. All right, I, I've played this game too long. That's ridiculous. I have such a long reinforcement history that now I'm going to really try to convince you. And maybe I have a really good argument. So you believe me, you go fine. Right? You don't want to fight me on this anymore. You don't want to argue with me anymore. So I convince you another time with resistance as to why traffic happens. And now I get reinforced for pushing my agenda, my reinforced behavior in the past to make sure it still gets reinforced. If it didn't get reinforced there, maybe I would start to give up. But no, it got reinforced. Now, even if I didn't agree with this in the beginning, and I just said it, and it got reinforced, if I'm someone who likes attention, I might continue to use this in order to get attention from people. Hey, did you know that traffic only happens because of the celestial linings of the stars? No, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, let me tell you all about it. And now I have this whole PowerPoint presentation as to why that's the case. I'm getting a false sense of rewards from people that maybe don't want to argue with me on this or are just interested in what I'm thinking. Now I've started to develop a superstition here. Right? If the stars are aligned, I can't go out because there's too much traffic. And the only reason there's traffic is because of the stars. So all these things start to associate together. But that's not the case. Traffic happens because something that you are not perceiving ahead of you caused a slight blip in the, the flow of traffic. And because everyone has to react, they're slowing down, which makes the other car slow down. And because they slow down and slow down and slow down on and forth every single car afterwards, eventually a car will stop, which means the car behind it and the car behind that one and behind that one all have to stop. And it becomes a caterpillar effect. That is the science of why traffic happens. Someone could have gotten cut off. Someone could have swerved out of the way of a pothole. Someone could have not gone onto the highway at a fast enough speed so the person behind them had to slow down. If everyone moved at the same speed constantly, well, there would be no traffic. You could pack everybody onto the highway. There would be no tra traffic if everyone moved at the same speed and nothing happened. The second someone has to drastically change their speed and slow down, everyone else has to react. If there was plenty of space between the cars, you could actually create a cushion to where if a car had to stop, the other car could slow down and there wouldn't be a problem for any of the cars behind the car that slowed down in response to the car that stopped. Because the car that slowed down didn't stop. 
right? The stopping is what causes a lot of traffic. They did a study on this and they actually had a loop and they had to think, you know, eight or 10 cars and everything was fine. Everyone was going at the same speed. But once one car paused for a little bit and the car behind it had to slow down and the car behind that had to slow down, they were never able to get back to not having traffic. And this was a closed loop. They were never able to get back to not having traffic until one car slowed down and did not stop and kept the momentum going and just created a cushion. That is the scientific reason of why traffic happens, right? The realistic reason. And people can agree on that because of science. We can objectively study it. We have data to prove it. Boom, science. So if you think that the stars are what's creating traffic, you have a false sense of reinforcement. You have a superstitious behavior. This is what this creator is doing on social media. Now, I'm not going to say the creator's name, but essentially the belief that they are pushing is that you can communicate with your dog through English if you say certain phrases. And the most recent phrase that I heard was that if a dog goes to the bathroom in the house, instead of saying, don't go to the bathroom in the house, you have to take them outside and say, pause on the grass. Now, the mechanics are not there, but the principle is there. If your dog's going to the bathroom in the house, you have to structure them and take them outside. That is correct. I completely agree with her there, right? If my dog's going to the bathroom in the house, I can structure things and make sure I take them outside. The other part that she wants to mention is the don't go to the bathroom in the house. If you take away the don't, you're telling your dog, go to the bathroom in the house. Although I agree that the, right, the principle is there, you don't want to be telling your dog to do something if you actually want them to do something else, right? Taking them out to the grass means pause on the grass. That phrase, if you say that enough and have your dog do it, they'll make an association that the words you say, pause on the grass, and your dog's pause being on the grass, they'll make an association that those things are the same. Same way you teach sit, same way you teach down, or any tricks. They make an association between the words preceding the actions. And then when their paws are on the grass and you reward them, we've completed the ABC triangle, the entire circuit. So for this individual, she's getting reinforced for the fact that she's telling people, oh, do X, Y, and Z. And because of science, it's working. But it's not working the way she thinks it is. She thinks it's working because she's communicating with the animal and she's telling the animal what they need to do. She's telling them, oh, well, if we tell them, pause on the grass, they'll start going to the bathroom on the grass. No, that's not true. If you pair any word, any association with having your dog go to the bathroom, they will start going to the bathroom whenever you say those words. For my dogs, it's hurry up and go potty. They both have different words because I started teaching them at different times. So one's hurry up, one's go potty. They know that that means go to the bathroom. Any other time, they don't go to the bathroom, right? Superstitious behaviors, in this case, is thinking that she can communicate with dogs. And maybe she can. Maybe she has a, a natural ability. But she also says she can teach people how to communicate with their dog in this way. And that's not true. I, I, just, I, I can't believe that's true because of what science has told me about animals and their understanding. The fundamental principles state that you cannot communicate with a dog in that way. So there's a superstitious belief. There's a false reward there. Every single time 
She explains this to the next person and they believe it and they use it. And it works not because it works, but because it follows other scientific principles that are being undermined by this random belief. Just like the traffic. Traffic will happen either way. Whether you believe or realize, right? Traffic's going to happen whether you realize the scientific reason or not. So the same thing's going to happen with your dog. If you structure everything and you take them out on the grass and reward them when they go to the bathroom, whether you believe in the science or not, your dog will learn to go to the bathroom outside. You could say anything. You could say mumbo jumbo. A robot could do it. Right? A robot could take your dog outside and they will learn to go to the bathroom outside. There is not much to it besides rewarding them in the right place. And even that, you don't have to reward them in the right place because going to the bathroom is a self-reinforcing behavior. Every time they go outside, they get rewarded for going outside. When you bring them inside and you structure it to where they don't go to the bathroom inside, they get used to going outside. Another example she had was that in talking with dogs, one of the biggest things that the dogs tell her they want is to be able to look out the window. Now, I can only assume that when she goes to a lesson into their house, the dog looks at her, then gets distracted by the front window and starts barking out the window. She then rationalizes this with those false rewards. Oh, the dog's trying to tell me something. Oh, the dog's trying to tell me something. Oh, it must have something to do with the window and looking out. They must really love looking out the window because of how excited they are. Or, or they're confused by you and they want to look out the window because they heard the mailman or they heard a person or they heard a squirrel and they're overstimulated by looking out the window. Sure, I'm, I'm sure dogs love looking out the window because they're bored in their house otherwise, especially if we don't have things for them to do. So in this case, she gets rewarded for believing the dogs are talking and trying to tell her something. This false sense of rewards. And projecting that onto whatever the dog naturally would have done. We do this all the time. Not just this creator. People do this all the time. My dog's protecting me. Right? Quotes around the protecting. My dog's protecting me. We anthropomorphize, which if you don't know what that means, it means giving human-like qualities. We anthropomorphize. Our dog is protecting us. But in actuality, if I were to touch you while your dog is there, they don't care. I've seen it countless times again. My dog's protecting me. My dog's protecting me. Okay, great. I'm going to touch you on the shoulder just to see if your dog's actually protecting you. And nine times out of ten, the dog will back away because it's protecting itself. But every single time someone walks close to the dog, it happens to be close to us, and we're making the wrong association. We're making an association of our dog being protective. And although it's sweet and it's endearing, and we get reinforced for, oh my god, my dog loves me. Your dog loves you, but doesn't have to protect you at the same time. Right? Just like a person can love you, but that doesn't mean they're hugging you and kissing you constantly. They give you space. They go to work, you go to work, you do your thing. So with our dog, if we start believing that they're protecting us, at some point you're going to put your, them in a scenario that they are not comfortable in, because the only reason they're barking is because they're fear reactive, let's say. You're going to put them in a situation where they're not comfortable, trying to test it, and your dog is going to crack under the pressure, and they're either going to run away, or they're going to end up biting the guy. Now, if they bite the guy, you will rationalize 
that they were just protecting you even harder. And it'll become insanely difficult for you to come to the realization that your dog is fearful reactive and they have nothing to do with protecting you. There's a certain level of denial that comes with this and it's called an extinction burst. If you have such a long reinforcement history of believing this false reward event, these false associations, if you have such a long history of this, when someone challenges that belief, and this you might be feeling this while I'm talking about it, you might be like, oh, Michael doesn't know what he's talking about. Michael's just, Michael's just bashing people. No, I'm not bashing anybody. I, I believe that creator thinks she's right, which is why I can't, get, I can't get mad at her. I can not agree with her, but I can't get mad at her because she believes she's right because of the reinforcement she has. You have reinforcements. And if you were to ask my opinion on something and I give a very clear explanation as to why your dog might be doing something backed up by scientific evidence, there's going to be a certain level of denial and an extinction burst. You're going to have to go through the process of working through the fact that this no longer is associated with rewards. Think about a craving you have. Chocolate cake, let's say. One of my professors in college loved chocolate cake. So we're going to talk about chocolate cake. I love chocolate cake as well. So imagine loving chocolate cake. You love chocolate cake, but you have the urge to have chocolate cake and you can't have it. Let's say you don't have it. You can't get to the store. You know, all the bakeries near you are out of chocolate cake. You can't have the chocolate cake. That craving is going to get to the point of most intensity. You're going to pull up your phone. You're going to start calling bakeries. Maybe you start walking to bakeries. You start calling the supermarket. Uh, you, you're asking your cousin, your friends. You're asking your, your family members, hey, does anybody have chocolate cake? Maybe you start going into the pantry and you're looking for anything that you could make chocolate cake out of. You have such a strong craving for chocolate cake or substitute whatever other thing. At some point, you're going to say, forget it. I'm going to give up. But that burst, that most high level of activity is called the burst, an extinction burst. After that high level of activity and nothing gets rewarded, you will crash and there will be no activity towards that specific reward event, that behavior. Right? The behavior of actively looking for chocolate cake eventually gets shut down because it's not getting rewarded. You've tried your absolute hardest and then you gave up and you said, forget it. I'll have a chocolate cake another time. So that's, the, that's denial. If something's been rewarded for so long, right, starting your car, if you have a junk car, classically in movies, they go to start the car, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work. Kind of sounded like a car not working. Doesn't work, doesn't work, right? <laughs> so what ends up happening? They get distracted for something. They cry. They yell. They're like, oh, this damn car. Then like, oh. And then they try one more time. And the car, of course, works. That was the extinction burst. Oh, fine. Look, you give me one more try. I'll do one more. And that one more rewards them for all of that angst, all of that trying. If it didn't work, they would give up on the car completely. But they don't because it worked. So if you're in denial, because I'm saying something's not right, something's not a proper association that you've made, then you're going to go through that denial. You're going to go through an extinction burst. You're going to get mad at me. And then eventually you're going to give up and go, okay, maybe, maybe now I can start listening. And when you actually start listening is when you start learning, when you start developing your trainer muscle and your understanding muscle of why your dog's doing certain things. So I would love to have this creator on the podcast and talk about it and see if, see if there is some false superstitions. Maybe I'm wrong. This is what I can observe. 
This is what I observe constantly with clients and their dogs, what I observe in dogs, what I observe in my own life with family, friends. And when you start to understand these principles, you will see them everywhere. If you're not seeing them everywhere, you got to listen to the podcast more. You got to start ingraining these kinds of thoughts into your brain because it's going to help you in life and it's going to help you with your dog. Thank you for listening today. I really appreciate you guys taking your time listening to me. It always makes me feel good. If you have any questions, feel free to post them on social media. You can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I think we're a little bit on Twitter. We got to get more active on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, if you're on Twitter and you're not on the other platforms, tag us at matadorcanine.com or matadorcanine rather. Matador Canine on Twitter. And if a lot of us are on Twitter, then I will start posting more on Twitter. If you guys are on Facebook, tag me, Matador Canine, on Facebook so I know where you guys are. I want to be where you are. I want to get content. I want to get information. I want to get knowledge to where you guys are. If I'm posting it on Twitter and nobody's on Twitter, then you guys are missing it. It's good stuff. In other news, the Dog Training Cheat Codes is available at matadorcanine.com. You can get a hard copy or the ebook version. We also have the Dog Training Planner available for physical copy and ebook, so you can download that. And I have a couple, if you're listening to this when it is airing on the 21st of March, I have a couple spots still open for our six-week dog training course. If you're interested in that, please email me at mjacetta, A-C-C-E-T-T-A, at matadorcanine.com, or you can just head over to matadorcanine.com and find the contact page and let me know you're interested in the six-week training course. We're going to go over any problem behaviors you're having in the six-week course. We're also going to use and supplement the one-on-one coaching with online video instruction, which is a super powerful learning tool. If you're interested in that, please let me know. And thank you again for listening. I'll see you guys in the next episode.